Beth, it might be the international break, but for football fans on Merseyside, there is the small matter of a Merseyside derby this weekend. As Liverpool host Everton Anfield in the WSL. What a huge game. Yeah, massive game. And I think, you know, it's fallen quite nicely with the, the men's international break. And hopefully there'll be, a, I think it was 27,000 that, that were there last season. So it'd be nice to, to break that record this season. But yeah, it's a big game and feels particularly big in the context of the way both of these teams have, have started the season. You know, Liverpool perhaps defied expectations a little bit. They've made a really strong start two wins in the WSL, two clean sheets against two really top sides. And, you know, Everton, on, on the other hand, have, have lost their opening two WSL games against opposition that, you know, perhaps they, they should be beaten. Um, you know, perhaps doesn't tell the full story. I think Everton have been very unlucky at times. Um, I still think that they have all the ingredients to go and on and have a very successful season. But if, the, if there's any way that they could bounce back, I think a, a win at Anfield would be it would be a pretty special way of doing that. Obviously, said they you know they've had a difficult start to the season. I think after last season when they probably solidated the place in them in the WSL after a season of turmoil the season before it was three managers they they ended up going through. Mm-hmm. Are you surprised at how poor they've started the season in terms of results? I am surprised to be honest. I mean, I cover both Merseyside clubs, and if if you'd have put you know if you put a gun to my head at the start of the season and said who do you think is going to make the better start? I would have said Everton. I think they've, you know, I think they were excellent at times last season. As you say, it was, it was about consolidating the, the place in WSL. They'd finished tenth the previous season, which was obviously disappointing for them. But they brought in Brian Sorensen, who I think is a, a brilliant manager and has, has done very well to, to quickly implement a, a real exciting sort of dynamic brands of football. Um, they've brought in some some really good players over the past couple of transfer windows as well. So. Like I say, it felt like they, they did have the building blocks to perhaps go on and better last season's finish when, when they finished sixth. Um, I think sort of the opening game against Brighton, I was down at, at Walton Hall Park for that one. It was it was almost like they were, they were undone really by by making a bit of a slow start. They were they were slow out the blocks and they were ultimately, they were 2-0 down inside 14 minutes and they rallied well. They got a goal back through Megan Finnegan, but the damage had already been done. So I think that sort of threw the game plan out completely and in that perhaps provides a little bit of mitigation for, for why they didn't win that one. Um, I think yesterday, um, I've only caught bits of, of it, uh, or Sunday rather, when we're recording this podcast. Um, but I think they were they were unlucky again. I think they, they missed a couple of good chances early on. Um, they had two goals ruled out for offside, one of them very contentiously. I don't think it was offside at all. Um, they missed a penalty as well. And then the rebound was a brilliant save from... Janina Leipzig, who's Leicester's goalkeeper, so they've had, you know, they've had things not really going their way, um, and I think that has that hasn't helped. Um, but you know, they they have ultimately lost two games against opposition that, you know, you would be pegging them to to, to beat. So it's it's a tough start, but I, I do think that they will, you know, they have what it takes to recover, and hopefully they, they manage to do that on, on Sunday in the Merseyside derby. In terms of when you talk about transfers there and the players that they brought in, do you think there's still very much a case for work and progress? And this isn't kind of, you know, Brian Sonnenson's 2.0 Everton team a little bit because of the, the, the changes that were made during the summer? Yeah, absolutely, and I actually think in the transfer market, rather than, you know, I think they've brought in some good players, but I think what has hindered them perhaps is the players that they've lost. Mm. You know, they lost... Uh, Ricky Savecki, who is, who was one of the best defenders in, in the WSL last season, I thought a very underrated player, obviously a Denmark international. So um, they lost her. She obviously wanted to go and, and pursue other avenues, which was, you know, completely justified. She's a top player. She's gone over to, to the NWSL now in America. 
Um, but the biggest blow was losing Gabby George so late in the transfer window. You know, they I asked Brian Sorensen about that last week, and he said Manchester United made an, a sort of inquiry earlier in the transfer window. They said, oh, you know, we're not going to move for her. And then, you know, on the eve of deadline day, they, they make that that swoop and they activate her £150,000 release clause. There was nothing Everton could do at that point. And, you know, I think in one sense, George deserves to be playing in a team that are competing for silverware. She's, again, for me, one of the most underrated players in the WSL. Um, but a huge blow for Everton losing her. And I think, you know, to lose such two such key players um, in defensive areas particularly has perhaps not helped the way that they've started the season. But yeah, I think like you say, it's very much a work in progress. The, the youngest side in the WSL by quite some way as well. So they've got players who are sort of learning on the job and, and still picking up WSL experience. So once they've had a little bit more time to bed in, perhaps they might, you know, start to, to pick up some more results. Obviously, we always say when it comes to Merseyside, we don't matter who it is playing, what age group, whatever, the form because of the wins are, you know, it's, it's a one-off hit and stuff like that. While the men's team have certainly struggled around fields in recent years, that has not been the case with the women's side who claimed a 1-0 victory before the pandemic and obviously last season the game which I was at claimed a memorable 3-0 victory mm-hmm. in which Jess Park I think was ran right and, and, and showed why he's seen as one of the up-and-coming talents of the WSL. Mm-hmm. That also came off the back that game of Liverpool beating Chelsea on the opening weekend. Yeah. So is history kind of going to repeat itself? Will it be a Liverpool making a great start, but then coming undone at Anfield? Well, Everton definitely have previous for doing that. I mean, as well as Liverpool having won that game against Chelsea on the opening day last season, Everton actually lost away to, <coughs> to West Ham. And so I think sort of the narrative going into that game was, you know, Liverpool are, are really on the up and... Um, you know, very similar to, to how it is at this moment in time. So Everton, you know, have previous for going there and, and causing an upset. I think, you know, in the WSL, obviously, we're seeing more games played at, at big stadiums, but it's not every single week. So I think, you know, maybe when you're playing in front of your home crowd in particular, there is a little bit of pressure. We maybe saw that a little bit with, with Arsenal the other week when, when Liverpool beat them. So um, I think that there's probably more pressure on Liverpool, especially with the strong start that they've made to the season, um, which could work in Everton's favour. I think the way that Everton play, I think, you know, one thing to say about Brian Sorensen is he, he's very adamant he wants them to play the same way, regardless of whether they're playing against Chelsea, whether they're playing against newly promoted Bristol City. They have a, a an ethos that he's instilled into this team. And I think, you know, that ethos undoubtedly will lead them to creating chances. Um, so it's whether they can put those chances away and, and tighten up at the back. I mean, Liverpool have, have kept two clean sheets so they defensively look a lot more solid than they did last season um, but I think I certainly wouldn't be writing Everton off going into this one In terms of you know playing at Anfield as well it's a massive thing isn't it because mm-hmm. when you think of how far the women's games come you know to be getting 25-30,000 people at a Premier League ground is, is huge Yeah massively I think you know, we want to see more than that both Liverpool and Everton last season only played one game at, at the men's stadiums if you look at at Arsenal this season they're playing five of the home games at least in the WSL at the Emirates and I think it will be nice in, in the years to come if we can see you know Liverpool and Everton stepping that up a little bit more and, and them getting the chance to to play at the men's stadiums obviously as, as well when, when Bramley Moor opens up that will be a, be a real sort of occasion for, for Everton to get the chance to play there so yeah it's massive and, and again as I said earlier it'd be, be lovely to see you know if people have got a spare afternoon aren't sort of too tied up with international football to, to get down and support the girls because you know I think one thing that's been perhaps levelled at the men's side at times in the past sort of couple of years is that they've maybe not always played for the share and given absolutely everything and I think this this women's team certainly from, from last season 
you know, they always give absolutely everything regardless of the results. So, yeah, it would be great for, for people to come down and, and get behind them. And, of course, when the two sides did meet to go to some part of the season, they were a contentious decision in the second half with Liverpool, I think. <laughs> We can say without our blue tinted glasses on, had a goal wrongly ruled out. They did, yeah. Everton definitely got away with one it, it, on that occasion. They had a, had a goal chalked off. So perhaps there might be an extra bit of needle going into this one. They might want to sort of enact a bit of revenge Liverpool. But but yeah, um, I think that was a, it was a great game, actually really entertaining. And I think probably showed that the two sides were are pretty close, I think, in terms of of the capabilities and I think that's still the case regardless of the way both sides have started the season I think they're still you know probably going to be vying for sort of a spot between fifth and, and seventh in the WSL this season that's my sort of prediction for the season as a whole so yeah but that Liverpool might be, be itching to get one over on Everton after after that one at Goodison and talking of contentious decisions at Scouser when our ranks were sent off on Sunday for Manchester yeah. City very very controversial, I think it's safe to say. So the escape might they might be escaped from VAR in the Premier League, but there's still plenty of contentious decisions. Yeah, it was a very bad day for, for officiating in the WSL yesterday. Alex Greenwood, as you referenced, was, was sent off for time wasting in the thirty seventh minute, which you know, we won't even get into that one. But um but yeah, that that is the thing. You've seen a couple of WSL managers in in the past couple of weeks calling for, for VAR to be implemented in, in the WSL. And it's such a difficult one because one thing I quite like about watching WSL games now is when a goal goes in, it's in and you can celebrate yeah. and that release that you used to get watching for the Premier League, you can get that. Whereas now I think most, most games you go to, you, you're waiting to see if it's going to be chalked off for one reason or another. So, yeah, I think um, I, th I think the officiating could play a part. I hope it doesn't. I really do hope it doesn't. Um, one thing I will say, sort of, you know, the ref a lot of the officials in the WSL are part-time. I think until that changes, you know, the standard of officiating isn't going to improve massively. But yeah, hopefully we're not going to be talking about contentious decisions come next Monday. And obviously just before we finish up, but I think for anyone, just not because it's a mere sad value, but for anyone who's interested in going along, it's well worth a visit, isn't it, to Watnall Park? Because you go, obviously, for every home game, but it's certainly entertaining, you certainly get value for money. Yeah, absolutely. I think people maybe have preconceptions about what women's football is like. And of course, it's different to the men's game, you know, but doesn't mean it's still not not a quality product and the standard is improving all the time i think walton hall park is is a great little venue it's great atmosphere there the fans are right on the pitch and you know the supporters club do an excellent job at, at drumming up an atmosphere so yeah again you know obviously it's great if you can go to anfield but even better if then week on week you can continue going to women's games whether that be at walton hall park or, or prenton park and for anyone who doesn't know Bethy, she's the Liverpool Echoes <laughs> women's football correspondent and she's well worth a follow on X, formerly known as Twitter, <laughs> um, as she covers the Blues and the Reds at home every week and also keeps a close eye on all the transfer gossip news and everything else that's going on in the WSL. But Beth, thank you very much for joining me and let's hope for a good game on Sunday. Thank you very much, yeah, I'm hoping for a good one. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echoes.